Hello, everybody. This is Laith Mayfield. I'm a scholarship worker for University Counseling Services, and today I'm here uh, for the second part uh, of a two-part podcast with Phil Jorn from University Counseling Services. Um, if for whatever reason you click this one first, if you care to, you could go back to the one right before this where we talk uh, to Phil a little bit uh, about what he's sort of uh, all about because you probably don't know him yet. So if you've listened to that one or if you just want to listen to this one, that's fine. Uh, stick around. Um, today we'll be talking a little bit more about some general issues. Um, if you listened in the past, Madeline came in and she was uh, she was talking about Alcohol Awareness Week, which, by the way, starts next Monday. Um, they'll have various things in the sub and things like that. Um, she was talking to us a little bit more specifically about some things. Uh, Phil is just going to be talking to us generally about some things. Phil um, recently started a a group, um, which is now closed, uh, but it's it's sort of an eclectic group where people come and they sort of bring um, their problems and they, they work on them together. Um, and it's there will be the, called the uh, Feel Better Fast group. Feel Better Fast group. Okay, cool. It, yeah. um, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Because I think you'll be offering it again and again in the future, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, more than likely we'll be offering it each semester. Basically the way the group is structured, it's more of a, a structured group than what most people think of when they think of group counseling. Um, it Right now it meets four times over um, once a week over a, a one-month period. Mm-hmm. And what I try and do in the group is the first session is work with students to gain a better understanding of how do they identify their emotional states, which is really important when you think about um, mental health and well-being, being able to identify your emotional states. Right, and that's where you start. That's very, you know, sort of fundamental. Mm-hmm. And just to make sure it, it's... It's um, just open to students, is that right? Correct, yeah. It's only open to Truman students. Okay. But we start working on um, trying to identify their emotional states. We work on goal development. It's really important when somebody's Mm -hmm. struggling with a mental health issue that you assess the problem as accurately as as possible and then develop some goals that are realistic. Mm -hmm. That way the individuals are going to feel empowered. They're going to be able to have a sense of what direction they can go into, what can they make changes on in their life to be able to achieve what they want to achieve in the group. So we start with goal development, with uh, emotional identification, and then we move into trying to make connections between emotional states that um, the group members are experiencing that Mm -hmm. they want to try and stabilize, make the connection between their emotional states and their cognitions, basically how are they thinking, how how do their thoughts affect them, and then Mm -hmm. also how do their behaviors affect their emotional state states and then their ability to function basically their ability to achieve their goals so making those connections it's an empowerment approach to counseling helps them get a good understanding of what can they control in their lives to be able to achieve what they want to achieve in life okay like i said it's very structured Mm -hmm. i use a lot of different homework a lot of different um, activities and techniques to give to the clients and what their role is 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 to work on the assignments, try and figure out which of the techniques are, is going to be most beneficial for their particular right. life situation. And hopefully it'll, it'll be something that'll work out. Hopefully it'll be something yeah. that we can develop and we'll see some um, positive results from it. Cool. Um, 
sounds like, uh, for all the psych majors out there, it sounds like a cognitively oriented correct, sort correct. of... Um, okay. In particular, what I use is rational motive behavioral therapy. It's a form okay. of cognitive behavioral right. therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks, it uses a lot of cognitive behavioral approaches and also it, it uh, heavily weighs on existential philosophies, helping mm-hmm. an individual understand that meaning is very important in our lives and being able to understand the meanings that we attach to certain things that occur in our lives and how that affects us. Right. Okay, cool. And how long have you been offering it? In the this is actually the first semester, first semester that we ever wow. offer the group. Yeah, cool. So it's the experimental stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see, is there anything you could say uh, to people who are, are, are thinking about or who may be interested in joining um, in the future, is, is there is there anything that you'd like to say to those people if there's anyone out there who's considering it? Um, I think if anybody's interested in the type of group that I'm describing, one of the first things I would recommend that they do is spend some time thinking about what is it that you're wanting to run towards. A lot of times when I work with clients, they come in and they talk about what they're running away from. It's right. really helpful when you start assessing your problems to get a good understanding of what is it that I want to achieve, what would my life look like when things improve. When you Makes do sense. that, yeah, when you mm-hmm. do that, what happens is you get a, a sense of empowerment, you have a better understanding of the changes that you can make, what you have some control over, and it makes the um, the likelihood of counseling be a, to be effective a lot greater. Right, right. Okay. Um, and can people with any sort of problem join the group, or are you sort of selective in, I guess, the quote-unquote problems um, that you choose to um, work with? Um, I wouldn't rule out any um, mental health concerns, mm-hmm. but what we do look for, because it's more of a structured group and it's a, a short-term group, is people that tend to be fairly stable, people that are still able to function at a, a relatively high level. Right. We don't want somebody to go in the group um, that's struggling with a lot of, uh, say, suicidal ideation or really significant loss, mm-hmm. um, people that would probably be a better fit for individual counseling. Okay. Um, so let's suppose that um, I don't want to go to the group or I can't go to the group or for whatever reason um, I'm not um, accepted, quote-unquote, into the group. Um, what advice can you give me if I'm like, say I want to start my own sort of program, um, maybe like building effective study habits or maybe exercising um, what would you? What sort of general advice would you give me to help me stick with it since I won't have um, you probably know very well the the effects of uh of of motivational effects of like working in a group and working with other people Mm -hmm. um what can you say to me if i don't have that advantage and want to change something in my life well i think the first thing i would point out is we're all social creatures i think if you're wanting to work on a problem that you have you might not be able to work in a group per se but Mm -hmm. you can still reach out to other people reach out to the people that you trust take time to talk to other people, to make those connections, they can give they can give you great feedback as far as things that you can work on. They can help you as far as holding you accountable. Mm-hmm. They can also help you on that first stage of the group process that I talked about where what you're wanting to do is get a better understanding of what exactly is it that I want to change, what is it that I'm running towards. Mm-hmm. By having those connections with other people, that's going to help you be open and more understanding of what is it that you could do to be able to be successful. And the other thing I would recommend is be patient. I mean, change isn't something that happens in a, in a linear path. Usually you're going to backslide, you're going to slip some. Have patience with yourself. Spend some time thinking about what your mm-hmm. strengths are. 
A lot of times when people struggle, they're trying to make changes in their life, it's really easy as human beings to fixate on what the problem is. When you right. do that, what happens is you lose sight of those strengths that you also bring to the table. So being open and being more aware of who am I, what are my strengths, along with my weaknesses, that's going to increase the likelihood that you're going to be able to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Um, and obviously, um, I sort of alluded to it earlier, there are certain advantages of... Um, of going to the group that you're talking about and in general trying to um, sort of enact change in a group setting. And by group setting, I just mean more than yourself. What are some advantages, do you think, to working in a group or with just more than yourself, like when you're um, trying to bring about behavioral change? Um, I think one of the biggest advantages is the support. When you're working in a group, you're going to have other people around that have a different perspective. You're going to have other people around that have different strengths than you, and they can bring those strengths to the table and help educate you about some things that you might be able to change that right. could help you in your life. The downside to that, though, is it can be kind of difficult when somebody's giving you that type of feedback. So being open and understanding and listening to that feedback is right. something that's very important when you go into a group. And that's what I try and do when I first start a group is, you know, talking about the importance of developing trust, being open to feedback from other people, being supportive of other people to create a healthy, supportive environment to where change is going to be more likely to occur. Okay. Um, what do you think, like, say I'm listening and I've, I've really... Um, say I've got a number of things I'm working with. Say I'd like to lose a little bit of weight, or say... Um, you don't need to lose much weight. You look all right. Thanks, dude. <laughs> uh, um, say, say like, I want to um, start studying a little bit more, or say I want to work on, like, interpersonal skills. What, what do you think is the, the quote-unquote quickest and quote-unquote easiest thing I can do um, today to make myself a, I guess a better person so to speak what what is what, what's one thing i can start working on today to improve my general life situation do you think i know it's very subjective and it'll definitely vary from people um, or from person to person but in your experience what's been what's been the quickest and easiest thing to change do you think Mm -hmm. There's several questions that you're throwing yeah. out there. I think the first thing um, that I would address is you're talking about what are some things somebody can do if they want to make some changes. The first thing, like I mentioned before, is getting a good assessment of what the problem is. And mm -hmm. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Somebody might come in and talk to me about they're having a hard time giving a speech. I use this example a lot in my group. Mm -hmm. Well, if this is something that you're struggling with, it's important to look at is there an emotional solution that we need to work on or is there a practical solution we need to work on or maybe right. a combination of both. Some people might come in and they're having a hard time giving a speech and we realize that there's a lot of anxiety that per that person's experiencing. We mm -hmm. need to be, mm -hmm. be able to work on bringing down that anxiety, getting them to a more stable emotional state, and then usually they're able to develop those skills, which is the practical solution. Okay. Now, another example of that is people come in and they say, you know, I'm having a really hard time taking tests. I study. I, you know, put the effort into it, but I don't have the results that I want. Again, being, being able to get a good assessment of what exactly is causing you to not be able to perform at the, at the level you want to. Maybe it's you need to work on developing better study skills. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a problem with test anxiety. Maybe there's mm -hmm. so much anxiety that when you go in to take a test, you're not able to tap into the knowledge that you've developed because um, of the anxiety you have. You're not able to bring out that information that you clearly have. That usually happens when um, somebody comes in and they report that afterwards 
I'm able to remember all the right, right answers, right. everything's going well, that's an indication, well, we need to work on that emotional solution, we right. need to work on the anxiety. So getting and a not good... To, not to interrupt, uh, but we actually, just a little plug here, we actually um, literally just did a podcast on test anxiety, so if that's something you're sort of dealing with, um, go ahead and check it out. It'll The link will, will be really, really close to where you are right now if you're on uh, the University Counseling Services website, or um, if you have us on um, on iTunes, first of all, Awesome! Thank you so much, and uh, it'll it'll be right there. So if if that's something you're dealing with, um, then check that out. Uh, sorry, go okay. ahead, Phil. Excellent, excellent. Um, and the second question was some of the easy things that somebody could yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the most important things to be aware of if you're trying to t- make any any type of change is focus on the thing you're trying to change, but don't let whatever it is you're trying to change define you. I oh, okay. I work with a lot of students that come in, and as as uh, a former Truman student, it's easy to do this. I see this in a lot of uh, students that we attract here. It's really easy to hold on to those perfectionistic beliefs and mm-hmm. let academics define you. When you do that, you just fuel the fire, so to speak. You mm-hmm. fuel more emotional disturbance. You're essentially, I mean, when you do things like that and when you when you set unrealistic goals like that, and I've, I've done this myself too, you just sort of, you sort of set yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. because you, you set goals um, that you really that you can't live up to, and it just it just sort of makes makes things worse in mm-hmm. my experience. Um, so yeah, yeah. Looking at those things that you want to change and saying this is a part of who I am, but it doesn't have to define me. It's not all of who I am. Right. When you let it define you, then just like Leith said, it's going to be something that is actually going to get in the way of you being able to achieve your goals. Okay, um, and. In your experience, what's the most common thing um, that when you talk to people they would they would like to change? Do you think the most common thing that I hear that people want to change are the things that we can't change? <laughs> I get that a lot. People, I, it, do you get any? Uh, I want to be taller. I want to be more attractive. What do you get? That <laughs> uh, mostly it's I want the other person in this relationship to change. I want my boyfriend to change. <laughs> well, I want not, my girlfriend to well, change. It's, it's not our fault. You know, it's the other people's fault. Yeah, yeah. And when that happens, it's important to be able to look at that situation and say, again, what is it that I have control over? Mm -hmm. When you do that, you get a better sense of empowerment. Right. How do I accept this stuff that's outside of my control? When you do that, then you're going to feel more stable. You're going to feel more empowered, like I mentioned, and you're going to be more likely to get more out of life as opposed to less. Okay. Um, And I sort of already asked you the sort of opposite of this question. Um, and you may have just answered it, in fact, but in your experience, what's the hardest thing to do or maybe, like, the hardest habit to break? Obviously, anything involving other people, because as you said, you really mm-hmm. can't control other people's behavior. But as far as talking about a person and something that's going on either within a person or maybe behavior that a person is exhibiting, um, what's what's the hardest thing that people generally come to you with? I think the hardest thing for most people to achieve is accepting themselves. Okay. Being able to accept that we're fallible human beings, that we all have strengths and weaknesses. When you do reach that level of self-acceptance, then you open yourself up. You become a stronger person. You're able to achieve more out of your life. So okay. self-acceptance would be the answer I would give for that. Okay. Um, and again, you may have sort of uh, tangentially answered this one a little bit earlier. Uh, but in your experience, what are some what are some problems or or, or concerns? Um, that maybe are more exclusive to Truman students? Do you think that that sort of set Truman students apart from, say, other students in the Midwest? In other words, what are some problems that you would expect Truman students to come to you with 
more than say the the uh, average um, slew student or whatever. Um, what I've seen is a lot of Truman students struggle with perfectionism. Mm-hmm. That's probably the main issue that I see um, when I would look at a Truman student compared to other students. I mean, Truman students excel. They're mm-hmm. high achievers, and um, the downside to that is sometimes it's easy to hold on to those perfectionistic beliefs right. and get you into trouble. Okay. Um, all right, well, that pretty much uh, will do it. We're at the 15-minute mark approximately. Um is there anything you'd like to add, Phil? Any any sort of uh, last-minute uh, general tips or anything like that that you would maybe think that um, are beneficial to our listeners or anything like that? I think just working on the concepts of trying to develop realistic goals, trying to ask yourself what is it that you like to achieve in your life, look forward, look to your future, and get a good sense of what is it that you're running towards. Spend some time working on that concept of accepting yourself, mm-hmm. being able to look at your strengths and weaknesses and saying those weaknesses don't define me. Don't put those blinders on and just focus on some of those perceived weaknesses that you have. When you step back and look at yourself as a whole person, you'll be able to tap into those strengths and they'll help you improve and move forward in your life. Okay, definitely, definitely cool. Um all right. Um, thanks so much for coming in, Phil. Um, if you have any questions, uh, you can call University Counseling Services. And I've heard Brian say the number probably no less than five or six times. But what is the phone number over there? Our number is 785-4014. Okay. And if you don't know, it's located uh, right by Grimm Hall past, uh, past uh, Ryle and, the, uh, and one of the student uh, convenience um, stores there. I know there's a better name for that, but I can't think of it right now. Um, the C store. C store. Yeah, right past the C store. I haven't gone in so long that I forgot what it's called. Okay. Um, all right. Cool. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to call up University County Services. They'll be more than happy to help you out. And thanks a lot, everybody, once again for listening. And uh, take care.